Hello and welcome to Property Potential Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Zalkin. Today I have a special guest. Uh, his name is Jack Darsneck. He is the uh, founder and producer of Traces of Texas. He is also a published uh, author and photographer for Texas Highways Magazine. Jack, it's a real pleasure to have you on today's podcast. Thank you, Robert. I'm honored to be here. Jack, let's tell a little bit about your background. Uh, you've, you're a lifelong, you know, Texan. I'd love to hear about your, you know, upbringing and, um, you know, your background. Well, uh, you know, so uh, I went to elementary. I, I, I was uh, I'm from Temple, uh, and I went to elementary school in Temple, and, uh, and then I went to. Uh, a little bit of junior high in Temple, and that turned out to be very impactful for me, that little bit of junior high in Temple. And then I, uh, we moved out to uh, a little town outside of Temple called Little River, uh, and I, or near Little River, and I went to school, uh, 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 junior high and high school, in the small town of Academy, Texas. And uh, there were uh, 40 uh, students, roughly, in my high school class. And uh, so there were only about 160 people uh, in the high school, and uh, it was pretty rural. And it was a kind of a change for me, you know, because most of my classmates were, uh, you know, sons and daughters of uh, folks who were agri of agricultural backgrounds. Uh, and actually, some of them actually went out and picked cotton, you know, during the the, the times of. Uh, uh, when when the cotton crops came in and stuff, and that was really really cool to me. And uh, so of course I was uh, very much in love with that, and uh, it was all really great. And I had a great high school experience, and I went on to college, and I I studied history, and I uh, went on to work for Half Price Books for quite a few years, and I uh, accumulated quite a large uh, collection of books about Texas. Texana books. And uh, so one thing led to another. I was a lifelong photographer. I had uh, been the um, high school yearbook photographer uh, for my high school for three or four years. And uh, yeah, so it just kind of all kind of all came together in the form of Traces of Texas. Jack, how did the Traces of Texas start what was what kind of was the tipping point um give us a few details on you know the origins of traces of texas well as i said i'd always been a photographer i'd taken millions of not millions thousands of photographs during my life before i started thinking about traces of texas i had uh been part of a company that had been sold and I had gotten a little bit of uh, stock option money. And I kind of, after that, I had really worked hard the last few years of that. And I, after that, I decided to take a little bit of time off and I was um, driving down I-35 uh, in about 2004. And uh, I uh, was stuck in traffic around in Round Rock and uh, I was looking around and I flashed back to a conversation that I had had 25 years before when I was driving my cousin's friend from Temple down to Austin 
to take her to the Austin airport, which at that time was in the center of Austin, not at Austin Bergstrom where it is now. And uh, we were driving along on I-35 in that same area where I was now stuck in traffic. And she was talking about uh, the wide open spaces. She just couldn't get over it. She's from New Jersey, you know, and she was flying back to New Jersey. And uh, she just kept saying, I can't get over the wide open spaces. I, you know, and of course, me being the Texan, I'm like, well, you ain't in New Jersey now, girl, and all that, you know, and just kind of teasing her a little bit. She was very, uh, she was very attractive uh, girl, you know, and everything. And uh, I was just kind of being the kind of the stereotypical boastful Texan, I suppose. But anyway, yeah, so I was thinking about that and I looked around and I'm like looking at Starbucks, you know, and as I'm sitting there and I'm going, man, it has really changed in the last 25 years. And uh, so I, at that time I said, you know, I got my camera. I think I'll just, you know, kind of go around and start photographing all these places that I know about um, before they get, you know, Starbucks and Applebee'd to death you know and so that was sort of the the driving impulse and so then i realized after a while that people didn't really care about my photographs but they really liked when i posted about texas history and um, that engagement is what drove kind of drove me in that direction jack do you see yourself more as a photographer or a historian oh man that is a good question. Well, I suppose that uh, I am probably more of a photographer because that is wh what I do vocationally. Uh, being a, a, an historian is an avocation. Uh, so, uh, you know, but I guess since, uh, and also since pho photographs are such a large part of my avocation, I would have to say that I'm um, more of a photographer, uh, but it's sort of hard to quantify that because um, I spend so much time on the avocation. Uh, so yeah, uh, well, that's a good question though. Yeah, Pro probably uh, more of a more of a I, I think yeah more of a photographer. And right now, what social media platforms are you on, and and how many followers do you have? roughly for each of the platforms? Uh, okay, so on Facebook, I have about 915,000 followers. On uh, Twitter, I have about 130,000 followers. On Instagram, I have about 58,000 followers. On, uh, I don't know how much I have on the, on the lesser platforms, but uh, I do have uh, accounts on pretty much all of them, um, from uh, Tumblr to Mastodon and Counter and Blue Sky and uh, you know Reddit and uh, Threads. I'm on Threads. Threads is actually I like Threads. Uh, so um, yeah, pretty much all of them. I think about 1.2 million altogether. What's it like to meet fellow Texans when they tell you their stories or send you old pictures? Um, you know, you, you must have some favorite, you know, or at least memorable interactions. Are there any that, you know, kind of come to mind? Well, of course, it is the story. 
you know, I don't know if it's the old Irishman in me, but it is the stories that are really uh, what are the most impactful for me. And so that's a great question. It's just, you know, uh, the, you, someone will send me a photograph and, uh, and the description a lot of times will have so much meaning you can tell to the person telling the story. You know, also the people I've met, yeah, uh, the, especially the elderly, the extremely elderly folks I've met, uh, just really the whole thing has just been a, a blast. You know, the, the, the actual work is, of course, great, but uh, yeah. The whole how, thing. how important is it for these stories to be passed on how important is storytelling? Well, of course, I might not be the right person to ask because my perspective is no doubt biased. But uh, to me, of course, it's extremely important. I mean, it's how we tell our uh, our stories to our kids. And so they have a, a sense of place in the universe or, you know, in the organization and cosmic arrangement of the universe as Texan, uh, you know, so yeah, very important to me. And, uh, and I, I have to say to the, for all the people who are out there telling the stories. What are some common things that bring Texans together? I mean, you have been doing this for a long time and you've seen a lot of pictures, you've heard a lot of stories. Um, what what unites Texans? Well, probably nothing, uh, but uh, certain, you know, certainly themes like, you know, things like chili. Uh, I, I bet most everybody can agree on a good bowl of chili. Of course, there's the whole beans versus non-beans debate. Um, where do you stand, Jack? Oh, come on, man. No beans. I mean, it, it, it can't be. be oh, don't even get me going down that path. Uh, so, yeah, chili, you know, things like uh, general state pride, things that unite. Uh, of course, things like our rivers, you know, everyone. I'm trying to think of things that pretty much everyone agrees on state parks at least to me everyone agrees on you know that we love them and need them um so uh yeah things like that uh but there's definitely a lot of division and, and discord too i think what's your vision for traces at texas i know recently you were given some prestigious awards by the state uh, where do you see Traces at Texas? Um, you know, I, I also know that you launched a, a, a new online platform website. Um, tell us a little bit about what's in store and, and what you're you're hoping to accomplish. Well, uh, so one thing that is quite exciting is to me is that um, I am working with a very well-known artist whose name I won't disclose quite yet, uh, on building like a little uh, Traces of Texas online store with uh, things like, you know, t-shirts and mugs, uh, you know, uh, nice uh, Texas 
things maybe that I've said, you know, in the past as a quote on the mug or things that famous Texans have said, famous quotes that can be put on there. Um, there are so many great ones uh, that could be put on coffee mugs and just to have like a little online store that could help support Traces of Texas. So that's pretty exciting. Tell us about um, the, the buy your buy you a coffee program. I think that's pretty unique. Uh, well, of course, uh, people can subscribe can actually send me money on a monthly basis or a one time basis at my buy me at uh, buy me a coffee. You can search for me at Traces of Texas. Buy me a coffee uh, at buymeacoffee.com or just look for Traces of Texas and. Um, yeah, so there's that, and I have people uh, who actually, and I'm very thankful for this, of course, support Traces of Texas on a monthly basis by contributing three dollars $3 or or a little bit more, uh, and that helps me, uh, you know, buy coffee, which is for obviously for someone like me a huge expense, uh, and pay for other things. Um, and in terms of sourcing content. Are are folks learning about traces of Texas through family or friends? Um, how do most people find out about about the good work that you're doing? Well, I guess it's probably just mostly from their friends liking and sharing things that I have uh, posted. Um, you know, the readers send in so much great stuff to me that I am able to pass on to a pretty large audience. And the stories, I mean, in so many instances, write themselves. So, yeah, it's just, uh, I, it's uh, um, yeah, anyway. I, I'd love to hear a story or two that, um, that really um, have maybe gotten a, a huge amount of likes or, or retweets or reached a lot of people. Is there, is there any story that sticks out as something that really resonated with your audience? Well, there definitely is. And uh, being that we are coming up on Christmas, it's sort of apropos, but uh, because it is a Christmas story and it is, uh, it was told by one of my readers, his father uh, was uh, killed in the line of uh, duty uh, in Hawaii. And he and his uh, mom and six siblings were living uh, in Macon, Georgia on an army base. And uh, when his father was killed, they had to come to Texas uh, and uh, where there was gonna be a burial, but it took a while for the body to get to from Hawaii, like, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, and so there was his mom with her six, uh, her, excuse me, her seven children living with his, uh, her, her brother's, uh, her husband's sister, I should say, and her family, uh, in where, wherever a farm, I, it was on some farm, I believe. And, uh, and so it was kind of a strange situation, of course, because there were seven new people or eight new people living in this farmhouse. But uh, anyway, so uh it was you know now this woman uh, has seven kids and she she's lost her means of support so uh it was a very very tough time there in the farmhouse and uh finally and, but it was it was it was okay with her with the, every everyone was okay with the situation it wasn't like the situation was strained or anything 
but you know they realized that she, uh, this woman realized that she, uh, she was going to not get the settlement from the army before Christmas, mm. uh, and her kids were going to have a very 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 rough Christmas, and uh, so the her her sister in law persuaded her to go to this local bank in Claude, Texas. And uh, I think Claude was the name of the town. I might be getting the story backwards a little bit, but anyway, a small Texas town and, and ask for a, for a loan. So she did, she didn't want to, but she did. And she, the banker said, let me, let me, uh, I need to, uh, please uh, leave, leave. And let me, uh, let me, let me uh, think about it. And, and you'll hear from me, which she took to mean no. And so she went home and she was uh, back at her sister's farmhouse. And about five or six hours later, this banker drove up with this car filled with toys for, wow. yeah, for her kids. And I mean, just a retelling the story kind of gets me all choked up, you know? Yeah. And uh, she had gone there to ask for a loan and he said, you can have the money. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about what's going on here. We'll get you through this, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and here's all these toys for your seven kids. Wow, and she was just like story. overwhelmed. Yeah. And, and I found this man's um, gravestone, you know, on find a grave. And it's just a regular, simple gravestone, you know, and you would never know the story of what this, of what this, I mean, it does, it's just, it's so, so it's cool stories like that. These stories alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, so many great ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I went, I, 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 uh, I went with this woman named Dorothy. She's 99 years old, out to the house in which she was born and grew up in. It's a farmhouse in Williamson County, I think, or Milam County. Uh, and uh, it was just fantastic to walk with her around that house. And there's like this this old water well. And it's still in good shape, but it was sealed up, of course, now. Um, but uh, very, you know, and she just looked at it. And she goes, I must have pumped a kajillion gallons of water from that well. And, you know, because she, she, she lived there until she, she was born there. And she lived there until she was like, I don't know, maybe 18 years old. So this, all of this was her ancestral home. And there's these old tractors there and a smokehouse. The wall was beginning to fall, fall in, you know, a little bit. And uh, just to walk around and, and, you know, anyway, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, there are so many, you know, stories like that. Um... There's also a lot of historical, um, you know, Texas history stories that you must come across or even learn about yourself. I mean, I'm sure you're learning, you know, about Texas history, you know, something new every day. Is there anything that you've learned that you were surprised to learn or anything that you learned recently about Texas history or um, Texas, I guess, in general, that um, you found to be pretty interesting and unique? Well, okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, for example, here are two examples from just the last 24 hours. 
I learned that after World War One, the city of, and I'm going to pronounce it incorrectly, but Udine, Italy, suffered greatly. The children there were starving uh, in the aftermath of the war and also the Spanish flu. And the Junior League of Houston organized a massive food drive hmm. and sent the children of Udine, Italy, a massive amount of food. That was, I believe this happened in 1921. Wow. So there's that. And then uh, I also learned about a man named Texas John Slaughter, who was a rancher, a gambler, a uh, sheriff, uh, a very, very interesting man, lived a, a, a tremendous life in his 82 years of, you know, just had all these great experiences. Uh, so, yeah, so it's just that is actually the best aspect of this is that I'm constantly constantly learning. learning. Yeah. How many hours a week do you spend on traces at Texas? Well, I mean, it's basically my life uh, in some ways. So it's sort of, but it's, uh, I mean, I'm always traces of Texas wherever it's I go. It's a true passion. You're working yeah, on right, it. Right, 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 right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. But, but, um, but the actual, uh, I would say it's probably, it's at least a full-time job. I would say probably a little bit more than that. I would say it's probably 40 to 50 hours of, you wow. know, answering emails and messages takes a large portion of my time and I don't get to them all. Unfortunately, yeah. Jack, um, there's so much information out there. And I'm just wondering, with all the different books and resources and podcasts and, and videos, are there any things that have influenced your thinking or your career or even traces of Texas that you feel worthwhile to share with others? Oh, golly, man, that is an open-ended question. There's probably a ton uh, yeah, of stuff yeah. out there. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. I mean, um, well, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think that we really have time for me to get into a discussion of, of books. But, uh, you know, for me, it was really my seventh grade teacher. And I really want to give this man a shout out here on your podcast. His name was Mr. Simmons. And uh, he was a, a very, very, very impactful person because it was he who sort of started, sparked this in me. And I just want to give a shout out to him. He's definitely the most impactful person in this whole story as to why I am here today is my seventh grade Texas history teacher. So shout out to him and to all Texas history teachers. That's great. Jack, um, we just have a few minutes here left, and I'm wondering if you have any, you know, final thoughts or stories that you'd like to share. Um, would love to hear a little bit more. Well, okay, so here's a pretty cool story. So uh, everybody knows that Stephen F. Austin is sort of the father of Texas. He is the one who brought in the first families, uh, first Anglo families to, uh, to uh, settle Texas. But it was actually his father 
who secured the land grant uh, for, for, for that to happen. And his father was uh, in his 60s. He traveled 900 miles from Potosi, Missouri, down to San Antonio to petition the Spanish governor there to allow him to import some Anglo families to uh, basically secure the frontier uh, of northern Mexico there in Texas uh, and, and, and be good, good Mexican citizens. And the, the Spanish governor uh, said no. He didn't want, he didn't, this man had traveled 900 miles in 18, uh, in the late, in late 1820 to do this uh, by, by horseback with, uh, with, uh, with, I think with a slave or two actually. Uh, but anyway, so he got down there, denied. He goes out into the street. He's walking around when there, who should he see but this man who called himself the Baron de Bastrop, an old friend, a, a man that he had met 20 years before in New Orleans. This man uh, was himself a, a scoundrel who had run away from the Netherlands and made up this whole backstory about himself, about being a Baron in, in, and was living in San Antonio, was actually good friends with the Spanish governor and they recognize each other. They go, hey, didn't I see you in New Orleans? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. What are you doing here? You know, and, and so uh, uh, Moses Austin tells him and he says, well, hold on a second. And he go, let's go back in there. They go back in. And because this guy was friends and they just happened to see each other in the street, they go back in. They convince the Spanish governor to reach it, to rethink, you know, he said, okay, you can do it, you know, and everything. So Moses Austin goes back to Missouri, catches pneumonia on the way back, as his dying wish says, I want Stephen to continue this work of mine here in Texas. And that's, you know, so the the idea is that it was it was this chance meeting between these two men, 18 in December 1820, I think it is, uh, that resulted in all of this, I mean, that resulted in Traces of Texas. Wow. Actually. And you and what you're doing. And, you know, I mean, yeah, it's really, uh, it's really, I mean, if they, it, it, what have happened if they, if they'd come, if they, you know, an hour before or whatever, you know, never seen each other. He, Moses Austin gone back to Missouri. <laughs> yeah. It's just That's amazing to, to contemplate how uh, I say that history tr history combs the thinnest of hairs, and it it's little things like that, impromptu, uh, you know, random, and it's just, it just yeah, and and from that we ha we get Dallas <laughs> and <laughs> Houston and Austin and I thirty five, truly incredible. I I yeah. think on that note. I'd like to thank you for joining Property Potential Podcast, Jack. It was a real pleasure to have you on as thank a special you. guest. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. I hope I, I hope I pass the audition. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Take okay. care. Bye bye.